like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I think you're about to have your socks blown off by my guest for today's Song of the Soul. She's from Sweden, and her name is Ida Kristen. And along with her Welshman partner, David Llewellyn, makes some really sublime music. They've each made and make music on their own, but they met back in 2008, and they came to my attention because of their new joint release, Songs Around the Kitchen Table. I'll let Ida and her and David's music tell you the story as Ida Kristen now joins me by phone from Nashville, Tennessee. Ida, it's a delight to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. It's a delight to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I am really glad to connect up with you. I do hope in the future to actually meet David. I understand, Ida, that right now you're on David's home turf in Nashville while you still have a home in Sweden. Would you describe how you and David actually met? Yes, we met at a songwriting retreat in Sweden, on Gotland. Uh, it's an island outside of Stockholm. So he was invited to come as part of the staff, as one of the coaches from Nashville, and I was taking part of it as one of his students. So we met there, and uh, we were paired up on the third day to write together. That's how we met. Was it musical love at first sight or first sound or however that works? It actually was, but the first impression <laughs> wasn't <laughs> that good. The thing was that I was I had some health issues for quite some time and I was in a little vulnerable state and I wasn't even sure if I was going to go on this retreat. I had been out of music for quite a long time and this was one of the first steps back into it. So it was kind of last second that I even got on that boat to go to the island. And then we all met up, All the, the whole group met up at the terminal to get on the bus and to go to this isolated little retreat at the tip of the southern part of the island. It was one other, other girl except for me. And then there was a bunch of guys on the bus trying to impress each other. <laughs> and one of the most annoying ones I thought was David. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. Oh, it seems like such a, you know, and I says, oh, I'm not sure I can do this a whole week with these people. Everybody's, you know, bringing up their CV kind of a, <laughs> you know, trying to impress each other. And I said, oh, this is not for me, you know. And uh, I thought I was, I'm just going to stay on the bus and let them take me back to the boat. <laughs> 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 but then my friend met up with, you know, when everybody's off and I got off and she was like, no, no, it's going to be great, you know. I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to give it a day or two. (laughs) 
And of course, at a place like that, the masks are bound to come off. And everybody, at the end, everybody loves everybody. And on the third day, David and I were paired up. We were going to write about, they said, you know, there's a coffee shop and there's a couple sitting in the coffee shop. So go ahead and write about that. So we did. Coffee shop song, it's called. Since these two started acting up, I ain't sold a single cup. Empty seats don't make no living wage I can't take this tit for tat Cause when I get home I get enough of that Their fighting's gone and entered at this place With their Will you just let me finish with what I'm saying? No, not listen to a word I'm oh, Don't you raise the your voice to me that day why is everything all about you? Backwards and forwards. Don't you give me that? You're full of it. Was the meal okay? You done? I reckon. Can I take those plates before you break them? We wouldn't want no flying crockery. For what it's worth. You act like children, you rant and rage and never listen We've had enough, it's time for you to leave I can't believe what that waitress just told me Oh, what a bitch, yeah, what a bluesy Legs like that, I wouldn't wear that skirt Actually, your legs are quite nice I trust you to notice Oh, come on, baby, now let's not go Give me all that crap. Will you just let me finish with what I'm saying? You're not listening to a word I'm in. Don't you answer your voice one thing. Why is everything not about you? Don't you give me that? I'm done with it. That wonderful, fun song is called The Coffee Shop Song. Ida Kristen and David Llewellyn wrote it together the first week that they met. Incredible. And it's on your upcoming release? Yeah, it's actually was released now in 1st of February in the States and it's being released this month in the UK. So do you two, how much of the year are you together? It ends up between, you know, six and eight months, something like that a year. Does David like the climate in Sweden? Uh, he's from the UK. I mean, he's so he's... This winter was his first time in Sweden in the winter, and we didn't even have snow. I mean, it was really, really cold and <laughs> windy, And but he was, I think he got really into it because we really celebrate in the winter a lot. We have all kinds of traditions like Lucia, where the girls dress up in white clothing, you know, these white gowns, and they have candles in their hair, like a crown of candles, and they have candles in their hands. And they sing these beautiful harmonies in big choirs in the churches and at home and in schools. And we have Advent ceremonies at Advent. is pretty big, too. It's, you know, we kind of meet up and keep each other warm with hot glug and <laughs> gingerbread and, and candles. And, you know, so we, it gets very cozy and a lot of socializing. But I think he really liked it. You said hot glug. Is that the right word? And what is it? Yeah, glug. It's hot wine with lots of spices in it, like cinnamon and, and different kinds of spices. 
It's one of my favorites. <laughs> and glug is the sound we make when you drink something fast. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you can do that with glug. That's maybe where it, the word comes from. Yeah, I did see a video of the two of you singing together. I think maybe you were lip syncing the words, I don't know. But you got into a laughing jag where you just couldn't seem to stop laughing in the video. Is that much laughing normal for you or is that after several cups of glug? <laughs> no, it's actually it's quite usual. We have the full rainbow. <laughs> now, you're from Sweden and he's a Welshman. At what point did you first travel outside of Sweden? Actually, I wasn't born in Sweden. I was born in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. So I have Swedish parents, and they lived there for seven years. And then when I was two, I came to Sweden. My family is a pretty international family, so I guess I've always been kind of traveling a lot. So I can't actually remember the first time I went outside of Sweden. Well, all my family members pretty much live outside of Sweden now. Uh, my parents live half time in, in the States, actually, and half time in Sweden. Actually, as they moved back to Sweden, my mother kind of brought the Brazilian flair with her, and she played a lot of wonderful 70s samba music and things like that. And yeah, my mother was just, she had a lot of, we would dance together in the kitchen, and her wardrobe was a lot from uh, from there with golden lame high heel shoes, and she would sew up, you know, she would sew up bikinis with leopard patterns for me and my friends when we were running through the sprinkler on the lawn and stuff like that. That sounds quite a bit different than white robes and candles. <laughs> yeah, it's not the typical Swedish family. But so I would sneak into her closet and try out her clothes and shoes and try on how it would feel to be, you know, to become a, a woman, a grown woman. And actually, it's kind of leading up to this next song I would like to play. It's one of those songs that came to me in a dream, and it's just lovely when that happens. In the dream, someone is, it was a friend of mine, he's saying, oh, listen to this song. And I put on the earplugs in the dream, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a great song. I wish I had written that. <laughs> and then I realize I'm dreaming, and it, it kind of, theoretically, is my song. <laughs> so I wake myself up and try to remember as much of it as possible. And in this case, actually, I just remember the melody and the title to be a woman that was coming back was such a strong feeling in the dream that I felt that I needed to remember the whole song, you know, and I was trying to kind of work out what it was about. And then I just had to let that go and just say, okay, I'm going to completely just open up to new inspiration for this. And it turned out that I wanted it to be about my mother introducing a new woman to earth, you know, having a daughter. I don't have any kids of my own yet. For me, it's such a huge thing. You know, it's such a big responsibility. And so I, I kind of put myself in her shoes to recognize and celebrate and understand somehow how it must be to have a daughter, to be a woman. I came into this life with hunger in my eyes To be a woman It all seemed clear to my The puzzle would unfurl here you are, helpless in my arms Forged into this world, anointed in my blood They call me mother now, expecting I know how But I'm barely a woman 
songs by Ida Kristen. When you want to find her music, you can find her recent release with David Llewellyn on their joint website, David and Ida. Ida is spelled I-D-A, davidandida.com. To Be a Woman, you really have a way of singing that melts into the heart and lifts up the it just lifts everything up. It makes it kind of shimmer. <laughs> That's my experience, Ida. Thank you. And to, to be a woman, you you comment that you haven't had any children yet, and you're getting to the point where I suppose you're going to decide to do that if you're going to do that. Yeah. Your comments, though, about how much effort gets put into raising a child, it's true. I have just one son I've raised 
But does that make it less attractive to you to do this? Because often musicians, their passion with touring and everything, it's really hard to have a home that you're maintaining. Does that decrease your interest in that part of your life? Yes, it is kind of scary to me. And I haven't really had that urge, you know, of having children uh, coming to me as, you know, most of my friends have children. And here in Nashville, actually, most of our friends don't have children. And it's because most of them are musicians. But as you say, you kind of put all that energy into something else, I guess, that you create. So between being raised in Brazil and in Sweden, I think of Sweden religiously, it's Christian and it's probably going to be Lutheran. And Brazil, I think, is going to be Catholic and a bit hedonistic. And I I think the Swedish people are supposed to get the job done. So I, I feel like these are two very different cultures in many ways, including religiously, which is of particular interest to me. How did that work out for you? What kind of culture overview did you get? by being between those two or having a mother in particular who is kind of rooted in both? Yeah, I mean, I like the traditions that are involved. I guess we are Christian in Sweden, but it's more like part of the culture than people actually going to church regularly. It's more part of the celebrations and, you know, we usually baptize and do the confirmation and stuff like that. But it's more like family celebrations. Most people in Sweden wouldn't call themselves Christian. It's just kind of traditions that have become part of the culture. It is an interesting question. I haven't really thought about it like that. I guess my faith is I don't really have a name for that. I look at it as in we're all part of a whole, and not just human beings, but I mean all of it, you know, the trees, the birds, the sky, the planet, you know, the moon. It's all different aspects of this one that uh, many call God, and I do too. And I think we're so much more connected than we realize at this point, and I found that it's such a mystical world and when you really listen on a deep level and receive what's there for you it's amazing and so many wonderful things happen when you don't let the chatter of your mind and the drama of things become you know what you're involved in but actually let go of fears and you know and that kind of constant talking in your head that usually goes on and come to stillness i've done a lot of meditation and I just find that is, is my, it's my religion, I guess, to come to that stillness within myself. I do need to have at least one hour of meditation before I start my day. It's such a huge difference to me if I don't. I'm not centered if I don't. Some people just wake up and they're ready, you know, to go to work. And David is like that. He's real happy. <laughs> I don't have a good morning <laughs> uh, mood. So I need to kind of reconnect with myself, ground myself and reconnect. Yeah, it was interesting when we met. It was, you know, we had met at this songwriting retreat. And then, you know, he went back to the States and I went back to Stockholm. We still had a lot of contact, but, you know, he was living in the States and I was living here. And there was nothing that made sense about that connection that we felt. Then he was coming through Stockholm on his way to Dublin, and he called me from the airport, and he was at the wrong airport. He was supposed to be on another one two hours away from there. He missed his flight, and I told him to get on the train, you know, to go into the city, and I made him some lunch, and we got him a new ticket, and there was a verse that I had sent to him a couple of months before for a song called This Morning Blues, 
we all of a sudden we were kind of given this moment in time to finish the song. It's about two people that are terribly lost there. You know, the line, I think, is cast adrift out on the darkness, on this sea of darkness. And and they meet knowing it's true love, a true companion, but for some reason, reasons that they can't control, they have to part. But they're promising each other that they will be there as a guiding light for each other. So I would love to play that this morning, please. Can I hold you just a little longer? I know it's time, but night in June's so short that moonlit gaze spread our senses open this morning. Let those sweet eyes open Maybe time will let us be from now And when the sun peers over the horizon We'll be gone just like the morning Just a drift out on the darkness With no North Star to guide you Lost and alone And I'll be there to find you I'll be there to guide you Guide you home This Morning Blues. 
It's on the latest release from Ida Kristen and David Llewellyn called Songs Around the Kitchen Table. Their website, davidandida.com, and Ida is spelled I-D-A. In the U.S., we probably usually pronounce that Ida, but davidandida.com. And Ida Kristen is with me here today for Song of the Soul. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. And on that site, you'll find almost 10 years of our programs for free listening and download. There's a place for you to post comments on the site, and we love two-way communication, so please do post a comment when you visit. There's also a button for supporting Northern Spirit Radio. Click on that to help us make this work possible. But even more important than that, I would like to suggest that you support your local community radio station, the kind of stations that run these programs. They give you a slice of music and of news that you get nowhere else on the American airwaves. And so I ask that you please consider starting by supporting your local community radio station. Again, Ida Christian is here with us today for Song of the Soul. We just heard This Morning Blues, which is a very different message, I guess, than what I was expecting when I first saw the name Ida. It's not a blues song, although I guess the feeling is that color no matter what. And it sounds like that feeling is part of what you and David were really going through. I mean, feeling connection, being in different places, or it is autobiographical, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't think we were quite conscious about it at the time when we wrote it. But afterwards, it was like on a deep soul level, that's kind of what we felt, you know, that we had found someone, a real kindred spirit. And we were both going through some really tough times. And in the midst of that, we we found each other, but we were living on different continents and there were all kinds of things that made it uh, impossible. And so we didn't really recognize it to ourselves, but we looked at the song and it's like, hmm, let's do, you know, really romantic song. I think the kind of music that you do is normally described as folk music, and there's certainly traditional folk music of, of all sorts. One of the things that one often encounters in folk music is usually something that gets interpreted as a political statement. Do you like that kind of music too? I don't connect as much with that as I do with more songs that speak of emotion, of personal experience, or from the you know from the heart. I would say we both connect more with those kinds of songs. David is he comes from uh, coal mining valleys in, in Wales, and the music about coal mining there is very much political. But he is actually like the only one who writes about that kind of community and that culture from a more emotional aspect and more about the actual community and and more about how it is to have to take your son down the mine. It's that has been that tradition of father-son, father-son kind of thing. And what must that feel like for the father? He wrote a song that I also would like to play. It's called Silent Abervan. It's, it's about something that happened as he was about eight years old or so, or as he was a kid in school. It's a real-life coal mining disaster that happened in Wales in '66. They lost 144 people, and it was, I think, uh, 116 of them were school children. It was a, what do you call it, a uh, slag, a coal tip slag that slid, slid down the mountain and engulfed the school. They had been, you know, you you put out the stuff that you don't want, the slag from the coal mining, you, and you pile it all up. And they had piled it up on the mountain, and people had complained about it, the people living there. This is the neighboring valley to where David lived. 
and people had complained about it. The mothers had to go to school every day and getting all muddy in the streets because it was running down from the mountain. And they had said, you know, it's not safe to have it there. And the government owned it, but they didn't do anything about it. Then one day it slid off the mountain and just buried the school. And there was just this huge catastrophe. And it was a huge shock. And uh, it just broke the tradition of coal mining and the whole mindset of being a miner, which was really very full of pride. With all that adversity and hardship, it was kind of made for incredible communities. But this tragedy just broke that kind of spirit and, and pride and that way of life. And as David sees it, I was talking to him about this last night. And he said, it just kind of what they say is they took the stuffing out of the mining community. And David actually was, David's generation was the first not to go down the mine. It just, it ended pretty shortly after that, I guess. Okay. You can all go home early, put a smile on this eight-year-old's face. But somehow just one look at my mother put dread right there in its place. The line on the hill of the cars looking down on a coal tip that crushed this coal mine in town. Strain our ears, but cannot hear silent Aberfan. Megan, has anyone seen her? Was the first day in school. Tell me, what did she get out safely? Just tell me it's true Cause there's so many hands Digging out of control So little time And they're going so slow Hey, hold your breath We're listening To silent Aberfan Oh, the women warmed And the cobalt scorned and ignored them to a man Now all they hear each night in bed Is silent Aberfan Just kids, 116 out of 144 dead we stood and the rain felt like tears But nothing was said Cause that's just how we are Brought up to endure Hours to suffer and hours to lose Though our hearts cry out You'll never hear Silent Aberfan Though the mine's gone now and the valley's green, you'll hear scarce laughter here. No children's children to disturb. Silent Aberfan. Silent Aberfan 
It's by David Llewellyn, and it's not on a CD yet. In the near future, he'll be releasing a CD with Silent Aberfan on it. David Llewellyn and Ida Kristen have released just recently their joint album, Songs Around the Kitchen Table. As you said, Ida, that song, it kind of takes the stuffing out of you. It took the stuffing out of the community, but I think it it silenced Aberfan in part because it also took the voice out of it, the joy, the life to have your children killed in such large numbers that way. Yes, and it's it's not a, a big community in these valleys, so pretty much that whole generation they were wiped out. And the Welsh way was, as David says, was not to talk about it. It's also the silent Aberfan. It, it was kind of the mothers were standing there, as he says in the song, they were just silent. They didn't say anything. They just kind of bared it. David hadn't really talked about it either, and then he was encouraged to write about Wales by his manager. So this song was what came out. I, I guess it had been just sitting there waiting to be told. When was it that David actually moved away from Wales? I think he's been in the States for about 20 years. When you were speaking earlier, you talked about being home there in Nashville. It seems kind of confusing. Is home Wales? Is home Sweden? Is home Nashville? I have been struggling a little bit with that because it's hard when you're living in a suitcase and, you know, it's more about the things, you know, to have some kind of organized living. And then also, you know, your home is where your friends are. And But I'm feeling more and more at home in Nashville. And when I come back to Stockholm, I feel very much at home there. So I guess after a few years of doing this back and forth thing, I think I've come to being, you know, grateful for having two homes and two sets of friends, you know, instead of thinking of it as a problem. So I think it's not going to last you to be traveling this much forever, but at the moment I'm feeling pretty good about it. And it's kind of leading me actually into um, the next song that I would like to play uh, that David wrote as well. It's called Homeward. He said it was one of those occasions when he wrote it, when you just managed to empty your mind. And it was actually nothing serious that happened. (laughs) He had been on the golf course with my father, actually. (laughs) And he's not a very, you know, he doesn't play golf very often. It hardly ever happens. So he obviously was completely beaten up. And being very passionate about things, he puts his everything into whatever he does. And so he came back completely empty, you know, and he just sat down on the couch and just felt at a loss. And just out of habit, he just picked up the guitar and he just had that connection when it's just completely kind of downloaded. Instead of thinking about what you're going to write, he just let it trickle in and hoped to catch all that came. He didn't think about where to place it. It just came out, and it just happened to be about a guy on one of those old sailing boats. He's put his life on the line and gone off on this trip to because he wants his loved one at home to be in a better place. But then this man in, in the song, he realizes that maybe it's been gone too long and maybe his reasoning was wrong and, and too much of a gamble. At some point, he, he kind of looks up in the sky and the stars that are very permanent and everlasting. In the end, he's sure that she's watching the same stars and that she's waiting for him. And it helps him through the struggle and to come back home again. And long the wake and long the sea Long they say conceded And though its company has held me firm Too many days you've waited For 
My return has been too long Too many months this journey Pray God to send the devil's blow To speedily return me Times have changed and been And passion's heart is blacksmith steel A cool and sadly dimming Oh, one look will tell When looked at square And all my fears to answer Who oh, is that love beneath those tears? Should I be held? Looking out across those stars, I can but see your smile, your grace. And surely then, beyond all doubt, this love is not misplaced. So sleep, my friend, and dream this night of cockle shells and driftwood. For soon I too will drift ashore. I am headed onward to you. written and performed by David Llewellyn, and Ida Kristen chose it today for her Song of the Soul. Ida and David performed together. Their website is davidandida.com. Ida spelled I-D-A. Follow the link from org if you have any question about spelling. If it's not being too intrusive, Ida, you mentioned when you met David that you had been going through a lot of health challenges. Are those things still bothering you? Is that still an issue for you? It's still around. It started in actually when I was... I, I got the record deal really quickly after my first gig ever, and I wasn't quite prepared for what that meant. It was with Virgin Records Alternative. They have Virgin Records and they have V2, which is a more alternative side thing, but still pretty mainstream. I had just put together a little band and it was our first gig in the basement of an Irish pub and the sound technician actually walked down just to go to the restroom. So afterwards, this, this guy came up to me and he said, do you have a cassette with some of your songs? And I didn't, you know, I sent him a, a cassette with two songs. And then he called me up and said, could you please organize another gig at the same place? I have some people from a record label that wants to come and listen. And from that, I got a, a record deal 
and it wasn't something that I had in going after. I was studying at the university at the time and and doing all kinds of other things. So when I was recording that that first album, Stumble, in '99, I think the dress and everything. Uh, it was just too much. I had never seen myself as sensitive. I guess I, I thought my strength was limitless. You know, I was going to go off to Costa Rica and do a field study there in biology. And I was doing this and I was studying Portuguese and I was working at a daycare center and all at once and recording this album. Uh, music had been, I had been on and off music. You know, it, it was, this was just kind of, I had just started writing songs. And so I I just woke up one day at the university ground and uh, had had an epileptic seizure and didn't know what had happened and the ambulance came and that just started off a very long and very big struggle. It seemed that whatever I tried to get better, it just got worse and I was at an age where everybody around me were making career and so on and I, from having been very much about going out there and doing things and studying and, and wanting to go off into the world, and I found myself completely incapable of pretty much anything. Even just to go over and see a friend for coffee, just nothing worked. I was completely at a loss. And I didn't surrender to what was happening. I was analyzing it. I was trying things. I was blaming myself, even though I did not quite know what I was doing wrong. And a lot of fear came with it because it's a very fear-based kind of thing. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And and then the fear of, you know, what if this is it? What if I won't ever get better? Somehow I found comfort in looking to the cycles that happened in nature all around us. Being a biologist, I mean, I've always been extremely fascinated by nature and how it just kind of happens to a butterfly. It doesn't, not something that they're planning and think I'm going going to go through this big transformation now, you know. It's nothing that they can control. It's part of their evolution. And we do too, I've come to realize. And yeah, the butterflies, for example, how the larva goes into the chrysalis stage and inside there everything is completely broken down into liquid and can't be seen from the outside. And, and then a completely new structure is formed that turns into the butterfly. And the dragonfly that lives its first part of its life in water and going through like up to 10 larva stages when it just sheds skin and goes into a new stage. And then just when it's time one day, you know, on a beautiful sunny day when there's not too much wind, they just crawl up on a reed or a stone or something like that. And they, they crawl out of their own skin. And underneath there, things have developed. And they're all scrunched up and, and, and they just unfold them and pump them up and live the rest of their life in the air. And it's such a huge transformation. And for me, that was what I was going through. I was going through something like that. And sometimes you just have to surrender to what's happening. And so this song is about when I was in all of that and about that longing for my wings. I am on my knees in the mire, but reach my hands to you. Ask you please to help me know the art of letting go. It's dark and now the moon plays hide and seek among the clouds. I know I'm only human, but my heart begs me to fly. Love 
serenity to accept what I can change. And patience like the dragonfly who is waiting for her wings. Blinded by illusions, I keep looking for your grace. I call on you. song will be on an upcoming CD by Ida Kristen. She has two other CDs out there. You will find a link to her site from my site, but right now the best place to check her out is via her joint site with David Llewellyn, davidandida.com. Ida is spelled I-D-A. And that was Serenity Song. Of course, we know the Serenity Prayer and all of the change that you've had to go through. Are you feeling at a better place now physically? Or, I mean, I think a butterfly feels good about itself. <laughs> no, definitely. It's, a, it's like night and day. I mean, I'm still, I'm not completely over it, but it's, it's at a completely different stage. And I think it's been more of a soul journey for me than a physical healing. It's been more at deeper levels than that for some reason that I, I needed to go through. And parallel to that, my you know, the physical condition obviously gets better too. So, yeah, I'm doing much, much better. Well, you've been taking pretty good care of us. You have such a beautiful voice and your singing is so expressive and so moving. I hesitate to say, but we only have time for one more song. How would you like to conclude your Song of the Soul? Then I would like to play a song from the Duo album called Only God Knows. It's a song that David and I wrote here in Nashville and... We were actually thinking, because we were in Nashville, and I said to David, you know, and we had actually just looked at the movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, the movie Country Strong, and I was all inspired. And I said, well, let's quit, you know, let's write a country song. And the hook just came very powerful to me as being only God knows, and we sat down, and what came out was not a country song at all. <laughs> I guess we're not country. Aren't most country songs about the Dalai Lama and Mahatma Gandhi and Jesus and Buddha? <laughs> 
at least you got Jesus in there. I guess it kind of fits. <laughs> no, what came out, I guess, was the song about the big questions flying around this planet and about the relationship between people and between man and nature. And it kind of, what you said earlier about political songs, I guess this is the most political that we've gotten so far, either of us, because it kind of harkens back to the old protest songs, the issues that it brings up about the environment you know, we didn't want to be preachy or and we wanted a touch of humor in there so that people would be able to take it to heart. So it's from the perspective of, of human frailty and, and struggle, but we specifically wanted to put the focus on the awesomeness of this world, you know, to perhaps stir up the wish to start appreciating it instead of turning to hopelessness, which is really dangerous, I think. This is only God knows. Lie awake sometimes late at night Clear my head of all the hype And like old friends these questions come on by Are there Martians on the moon? And why does ice cream melt so soon? Is there heaven? Only God knows Hands form a prayer or a fist On our lips, a curse, a kiss Why do we hurt the ones we love the most? Is it possible to understand Some kind of meaning, some cosmic plan Who's got the answers, only God like to speak to someone here in charge Why do sunsets paint our skies And what's with rainbows Come on, why Why so much beauty Why all this love And why is this world in their safekeeping we rape and burn, leave it bleeding Must be some mistake, only God knows Dalai Lama, Mahatma Gandhi Jesus Buddha, could you assist me? I'd like to speak to someone here in charge Life begins and ends in tears And quite a struggle while we're here And why so precious Only God knows Last song today for Ida Kristen's Song of the Soul, Only God Knows. And that's from her joint CD with David Llewellyn, Songs Around the Kitchen Table. Their website is davidandida.com. Ida is I-D-A, davidandida.com. If you have a question about it, just come by nordenspiritradio.org. Only God knows. You did mention earlier you use the word God comfortably, even though your theology is 
I guess, not traditional. Do you have some sense that there really is some other big picture out there that has a grasp of what's going on? Is there that hope? Yeah, I I think for me, there's so much more than we know of. And all of it is, for me, encompassed in God, you know, that we're all one. We're all, all together somehow. That's we call God. That's I guess that's the best I can describe it. And there's so many more aspects of that than we can comprehend with our very narrow senses that we have. I feel that when I meditate and when I find stillness that I definitely connect with something so much more. So It's so powerful, it's so healing, it's so wise. And I call it God, but I think it's all this experience here in this world is not less God than the spiritual. I think it's the same, you know, it's we're spiritual beings having this experience on earth. I'm with you. And I'm especially with your music. You're singing, David's singing, two great musicians combining your efforts. It couldn't help but be fruitful, I think. Really, it's been a blessing to hear your music, to start to get to know David a little bit through you. I thank you so much for sharing your music and for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. It's been a really, really fun time together. And I'm so happy to have shared this time with all of you listeners and with you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. No surprise, folks, but there are some great bonus excerpts on the NordenSpiritRadio.org site that I couldn't quite fit in this broadcast. So go to NordenSpiritRadio.org to listen, and remember to post a comment when you do visit. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy. Sing out a song of